Good Friday afternoon, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and welcome to the I Love Seville show. I'm so pumped for today's show. Thank you kindly for joining us on a gorgeous Friday afternoon in central Virginia. We're going to champion and celebrate the 231 Fest today because it literally is a spotlight of everything I love about living in this area. You have fantastic cider. You have fantastic beer. Fantastic wine. You have great people. You have things to do with children. We have two of them. We haven't slept in six months. <laughs> Literally, I have not had a full night's sleep in six months, and neither has my wife. So if we could do something out of the house where the kids are on a blanket, not driving us crazy while drinking cider, <laughs> we're going to be there. Yeah. Those voices, guys, you hear are Millie and Rob. Let's welcome to the show. Um, I love you guys. I love this festival. Millie, why don't we start with you? Talk yeah. to us uh, about what you love about the 231 Fest. Oh, gosh. Well, everything. You just listed off so many aspects of it. But really what got me in the beginning when the the like champion of this, um, it was Rob's brainchild that you know, he wanted to highlight Castle Hill is a fabulous place, but there's a lot of really wonderful um, wineries and breweries and cideries and all sorts of things over on that side of the city. And he wanted to highlight that and, and show the community um, and celebrate that community. But at the same time, they want to give back to the greater mm -hmm. community. And so the Blue or Jerry Food Bank, we were humbled and honored to be the beneficiary of this. So it is, it's all about community. As the Blue or Jerry Food Bank, we are the community's food bank. And it takes all of us to make this work. So we're great and grateful to partner with them once again to do this. We'll spotlight some trends with the Blue Ridge Area yeah. Food Bank and why this festival is so important. First, let's weave Rob into the mix. General manager, visionary, connector of people, fantastic yep. leader, the man who brings the cider to us. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. this man. Can you tell? <laughs> well, you know what? We've already drained a bottle. And, I know. Uh, and the show's the, two minutes the, in. We haven't begun the show yet. No, I, I, and, and I love that. And, you know, there's certain moments where, you, you know, the, the hairs on, on your arms start to stand up and you kind of re realize the magnitude or the gravity of what you're doing. And so when you were just talking there for a second, I, it was almost like that, you know, tear up moment when you realize that it's, uh, you can do something for, I mean, that, I mean, we're all here to make money. I mean, that's the end of the day of what we're all here to do. But then you can also give back to the community at the same time. And it's like the perfect balance of passion uh, with our, you know, with our business as well. So, you know, Keep, keep making the hairs on my, on my arms stand <laughs> up and, 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 we're, and we're doing all right. Well, talk about the partnership here. And what he's describing is conscious capitalism or social entrepreneurship yes. where you leave your footprint in a better place than when you first arrive. You're running a business in the black, but you're doing it in a way to help the community partners around. And Blue Ridge Area Food Bank is that partner. Spotlight the needs the food bank has today. Yeah, so, um, you know, we have all, we're, uh, we're really happy to be able to get out, right, again, and, and, and celebrate with one another. Um, the pandemic has left a footprint, um, so many of our guests are still reeling from the economic impact of that. Certainly, we've got inflation, and then recently, the rollback of uh, SNAP benefits. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, I have some numbers to report. Pre-pandemic, uh, we were serving about 109,000 uh, people every single month on average. Wow. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. And then at the height of the pandemic, um, May of 2020, that spike, uh, it spiked uh, and went up from 109 on average, 146,000 people that single month, May of 2020. 
We didn't think, we had never seen numbers like that before, didn't think we'd see them again. Uh, it did start to level off from that, um, but we were still seeing an average about 123,000 people per month. Up until this past March, we got all of our numbers back and we all kind of just sat back in our seats, couldn't believe what we were seeing. In March of 2023, we served a new high, 156,260 people in a single month. And it is, it's, it was sobering to all of us. I mean, we really, it, I know. But it's also, it's, also, it's also uplifting at the same time. Well, you because, know, you because of you, partners like you. Yeah, and you guys, can, you guys give me that stop gap in the community so people don't have to go hungry. And so that's the uplifting part of it. You don't want people to be exactly. you know, having, having to wonder where their next meal is coming from. They right. focus on you know, you know, living a happy life. And it, not having to focus on that. But it's people like you and Jerry, people like you that are helping to raise up this message and make sure people know about the food bank and know where to turn, that they knew to come to us. So, yeah, thank you for that. We can. We, there was 156,000 people that turned to us because they knew that they could. Mm-hmm. Could count so, on you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 156,000 guests for the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank in March of 2023 alone. Yes. That puts things in perspective for, for everyone. Do you attribute that spike to the economic conditions that are swirling now? I mean, we got credit card debt, we got rising rates, we got inflation, job law. I mean, what do you attribute that to? All the above? All of the above. I mean, that's the thing. Um, our guests are, you know, people probably passing this window now. You know, it, it, you don't know who and you don't know when. Mm-hmm. And so, but the what I want to make sure that people do understand is that the, the food bank is here for you. Please come and um, ask for what you need. We are here for you to serve, and we're here to serve you, and our door is open. I love it. And Castle Hill's the perfect space for this, the perfect place. I mean, it's palatial. It's gorgeous. It's got acreage. It's got room to spread. They want to be the evangelist and champion for Central Virginia. And this quarter, this 231 quarter, it's booming. I mean, we've had Mary Mill and Patch, just to name a few, already complimenting some of the best of the best, along with Castle Hill. Keswick, the Schoenberg's right there. I mean, it it does not Yeah. Early Mountain. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. We also have Thistle Rock, which is coming on, and I think they're doing their final things. They should be in the fall this year. 231 very well could compete with 151 as the main trail in Central Virginia. And I know the stakeholders of 231 would love to see that because 151 has significant incremental revenue and tourism dollars going through that stretch. Anywhere you want to go on any topic, Rob. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Let's go. talk sports. Now, um, now I, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think we, we just wanted to highlight all the amazing things. And there's, I mean, beyond the beverage partners, I mean, you know, there's so many good beverage partners. The other part is, you know, there's so much good food coming in out there as well. That was, that was one of the, the things that we were missing for a long time. So now we're starting to get some good beverage, I mean, some good food partners out there as well. Right. You know, hop on uh, with Andre. And John, they've done a great job of bringing more people out there. They own Patch as yeah, well. Yeah, they got significant skin in the game now. Exactly. With yeah. Patch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now there's, uh, there's going to be a, a distillery going in out there, Craig Hartman. Uh, he just opened Exchange Cafe out on 33. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, no. that's gonna, I mean, the whole area is just, is just you know, booming, and, and we love it. Because the more people we can get out there to try it, I mean, 
for so long when I first came out there, it was always, you know, where are people going? They're going to 151, which I love. I mean, I, right. I'm not saying I, I, I spend time out there as yeah. well. Me too. But then, you know, people would say, what is so far out to Castle Hill? And I'm like, it's only like a 20-minute drive. Right. And, but you'll, you'll drive 45 minutes to go to 151. Never Castle got- Hill is closer to the city than Blue Mountain Brewery or Devil's Backbone. And it's like 50% closer than those. And we're not throwing shade at 151. No. We're just trying to put it in perspective here. Yes. Right. I was going to say, like, hey, it's like, you got a whole weekend. you got two days, right? One day to go to 151, one day to go to 231, right? Exactly. It all works out. Yeah, so yeah. We're, just trying, we're just trying to say that, you know, come on out. It's a short drive out to see us. And we're, and we're having this great festival where you can come out and spend the day, and you don't have to bring, you know, you're not having to bring a can can no. food drive. It's nothing like that. You just buy your ticket, come out, bring your blanket, bring your you know winery chair, and you can yeah. just sit there and listen to three. We have three bands going on right. that day. Great bands. I mean, that are amazing. We have Disco Risque, we have uh, Tara Mills, and we have uh, the Judy Chops. Judy Chops, yeah. Six food trucks. Yeah, uh, one of them will be Crowby's uh, serving up uh, lobster rolls, which I noticed is near the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank tent. So I'm psyched on that. <laughs> we also have we have oysters, we have uh, a barbecue, we have Pepito's Pizza. There's it's also nice. a sliced cake bar. So I mean, the list of things goes on and on. I mean, you know, for kids, you were talking about we have a a full kids area. Mm-hmm. We we're slowly every year we're going to incrementally get better. In the kids area, but the kids area this year will have uh, face painting. Uh, we'll have a um, a small uh, class of uh, of flower planting. We'll also have a um, crown making uh, piece of that. So you know, it's it's not just a drop off and go for parents, but it's still it's something to keep kids occupied for a little right. while while you go you know get a taste or whatever. It really, it's truly a, it's fun for everyone. There's a little bit of everything, and I will say, like as you were naming off all of this, and yeah, last year was an amazing event. This year, you guys have made it even better. Didn't think you could. I really feel like you're building this to become the premier event here in this area, and I'm psyched. And a, and a few things we've added this year is, uh, I mean, SPCA, I can't. I know. Yeah, so so you can go have a glass of wine and adopt a puppy. That's what you need right now. <laughs> That's, yeah. Slept for six right, months exactly. with a puppy. Fly, <laughs> fly your, your uh, significant other with extra wine, and then you get to adopt the puppy, exactly. right? That's, you know? that's, how, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> but no, we have, um, I, I mean, a new partner this year is uh, Marigold uh, from Keswick Hall. Oh, yeah. And they are doing uh, the, the VIP area. So they're having their own section. They're going to do some, I think they said it was uh, tuna tartare was there. They're going to be tasting nice. that. John George. Yeah, they're also gonna, they're also going to be doing like a grazing table. This is up in the VIP area. Probably some cocktails, um, maybe some pairing. We can't actually do uh, alcohol, but it'll be like cider cocktails nice. uh, without um, without hard liquor in them. Nice. But I mean, we are excited for to have them join us. We also mm-hmm. have we have a glass blower that's coming out this year. That's going to take like glass like this, and she'll make like funky things out of them. Katie's amazing. Oh my uh, we gosh, have, I didn't know that part. We have Madirio in the VIP area who's a local bartender who's going to be doing some some cool, um, you know, bubble bubble cocktails, smoke, I don't know all he'll be doing, but it's, uh, but, you know, Josephine, who's, who's, uh, yeah, she's you know, a, the operations behind She's this, a magician. Yeah, tells me that this is going to be amazing, so I, I trust her on that. So, I'll uh, talk a lot now. I love it. I love it. John Craig watching the program. What's up, John Craig? He says, Patch Brewing Company is absolutely honored to participate. Aww. We're doing our own festival on June 24th for the Gordonsville Fire Department. It's amazing. And we're very much looking forward to Route 231 being the place 
for the community. Tracy Burge watching the program here. you got the Daily Progress hey, watching the show as well. I'll throw this to you, Rob. What, why are you guys so excited to be the epicenter of championing small business and all these locally owned brands at Castle Hill? I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, it's, it's the, um, you know, bringing people together to um, make something um, that's bigger than ourselves. It's the, it's the goal of all small businesses. We only have, at Castle Hill, we have six full-time employees. So you have to, you know, you have to use the help of others. And, that, and that's always hard for me because I'm one of those people that's like, I can do it all myself. <laughs> but, you know, when you actually get into it and you realize that you can do so much more um, as you connect people and as you uh, bring more people into the situation, it, I mean, it's exponential. I mean, I can do probably this on my own, but here's what we can all do together. And so as we bring more people together, I'm finding that, uh, well, I, I mean, I'll think about it. You said the pandemic. Um, during the pandemic, I saw us all really come together, yeah, um, at true. least for the first part of it, until we all got a little tired of being, being by the ourselves. Closeness. Think, yeah, the closeness. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but, you know, that... That is what I want to. That's what I want to bring. I want to bring people that close together, so we can all work together to to a common goal instead of working apart and trying to you know tear each other down. I mean, John uh, is a uh, perfect example of someone that's helped us out along the way. Their festival is going to be amazing, and I'm so excited about that with 30 breweries um, coming out for their home run uh, festival. So, and and we'll actually be there uh, supporting them as well. So, you know, it's, it's helping each other out when you need it. And that's, that's really what it counts. Uh, go ahead, Millie. Well, I was just going to say like, that is something that we have known at the food bank for a long time, but certainly over the last few years really, uh, was uh, a light was shown upon it. And it sounds somewhat cliche, but we know we are stronger together. Our community, again, we're a community food bank, and it takes the community to do this work. And for all of those that are linking arms with us, we know we're stronger together. So, uh, again, yeah, I think you you said it much more eloquently, but that it's true. It's really true. People helping people is what it's all about. I love it. I love it. Bill McChesney watching on McIntyre. Travis Hackworth is in Danville. John Blair on LinkedIn says, what a positive dose of incredible positivity right now on this (laughs) program. Let's get Millie in the mix here. Put in perspective or maybe offer like um, a firsthand perspective uh, that you've gone through of how you've seen the community rally around the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank and how you've seen the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank rally around the community. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. Go. You know, know, know what? I, I say all the time, like I feel in my position with the food bank that I am just incredibly blessed because... I do. I get to. I get to meet our guests, and they are incredibly resilient people, um, and so loving. Like you know, most of the people that come out to say our mobile distributions, and they many of them are collecting food, picking up food for their neighbors. You know, they've pooled their money. You know, several people that live on the same street or in the same neighborhood or something because gas prices are where they are and all the other expenses are where they are, maybe just one of them has a car and has the ability to come out to a mobile distribution. So they'll pull their money and give a little bit of gas money so that one person can come and pick up for six, seven, or a dozen families. And, uh, And then go back, and I hear story and story again how, you know, there was one woman that I met recently who not only was she doing that, but she was going to go back and take the fresh vegetables that she had received at the mobile um, and make a soup for 
several members in her family and pass around too. Uh, so it just the the love and the sharing and the you know coming together again as community. There's that. I I just I love that and being a part of it. Um, and then you know. And so that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to enable all of our guests and our neighbors to to help themselves, help each other. And um, yeah, so I, I will say, like, yeah, I could go on and on. I have story after story about how we all come together and do that. But and I'm, I'm just humbled to be a part of it. Um, same. I feel the same. And this is why we love showcasing stories like this. You have a nonprofit that needs help that served 156,000 plus people in March of this year. Wow. And the nonprofit is legitimately asking for help. Mm-hmm. You got a private business that is coming in to help. They have land and they know a lot of people and they're going to host a festival to try to drive incremental revenue to the nonprofit that is literally asking for help. I would love to hear from Rob as the general manager of Castle Hill. How would you like to see the festival evolve? And then put in perspective the incredible amount of hard work your team is doing behind the scenes. I've been involved with a lot of these festivals. On festival day, it's like the swan on the pond. It may look elegant (laughs) on the pond, but under the water, it is not. It is not at all. But the consumer never sees it. And that's what a true professional is. Can you put in perspective what's happening under the water here? I mean, yeah, no, we actually have, MJ's actually sitting behind the camera. Queen of marketing, she has a nickname on the show, MJ. (laughs) So we have MJ, we have have Josephine, we have uh, Mike, we have a lot of people that are working, you know, tirelessly uh, to make it look easy. And so we want to make it so that the the day of, you know, as many hiccups uh, as possible have gotten out of the... Um, the system. system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then these but, dudes are grinding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's being very humble right yes, now. He is. <laughs> and, and you know, they're doing all the hard work. I'm, I'm just, I'm just coming and talking on a, on a radio program. And, and drinking cider. And drinking yeah. cider. Which yeah. he Cheers. provided. Yes. Cheers. Yes. Thank you. He's ahead of us there, Millie. I know. I know. <laughs> I had more time. You guys were talking a lot. I was like, I could drink then. He's got some practice over there. So what yeah. would you like to see with the evolution of it? Well, I mean, you know, we have metrics, you know, that we, how we, that's how we measure our success. You know, the first metric I would say is last year we um, were able to provide 68,000 meals um, to the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank and to mm-hmm. the community. And so... 68,000? 68,000. Yeah. And so I this year, that. you know, we're, we're on pace, you know, to, to hope, I'm hoping double that is what yeah. our goal is. So it would be basically to double that every year. So and, you, you guys are on pace. I have to do some quick math here. 136,000 meals? We're, we're hoping. Right, yeah. now, right now we've probably, we're probably at the 65,000. That's before ticket sales. Yeah. Any, any money have come in. So I mean, we're, we're right on pace. And you know, if you come out and support us, we'll get a little bit closer to that goal. Exactly. For every dollar donated, we can provide four meals. Yeah. So It's amazing. Yep. How do we buy tickets? And, I, and I'll just say, so for every ticket you buy, and I was doing, this might be quick math that I might be doing. Very, okay, I got a calculator very, to help you. Very, very, okay. very and MJ's in the background okay. going, okay, let me check. <laughs> so so I, I'm thinking for every ticket you buy, depending if you're buying it at full price, mm-hmm. you're going to be providing oh, $6. Okay, so like 64 meals is, nice. is what you'll be providing. So, so, six, so okay. one ticket equals between 50 and 60 meals. We'll say that. That is amazing. Yes. One ticket to a festival where you get to go and drink great local booze, yes. eat great local food, listen to great, great local, local musicians, music. and perhaps have your kids not bother you for a little while. <laughs> That's just me talking yes. right there. And you get to feed folks. Millie. Yes. That's right. I know. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah. 
that's what this is about. Again, just coming together. People are always asking me how they can get involved. I'm just one person. How can I make a difference? Well, here is a really fun way to do it. A hundred percent. I love yeah. everything that's happening right here. We'll welcome uh, the team at Patch watching at the brewery as we speak right now. I love you guys. Um, all right. So how do we buy tickets? How do we get involved with sponsorship and tickets? So 231fest.com. Yep. You can, you can reach out to the, you know, for sponsorship, you know, and we're always looking for people that want to sponsor us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can go directly to Blue Ridge Area Food Bank. Um, that's brafb.org. Or you can come to, or you can go to Castle Hill Cider and go to our info page and you can just, uh, you know, put a, a quick message out to us. Mm-hmm. MJ um, will we'll field those and yep. we'll get in touch with you as quickly as possible. Uh, I want to give whoever came up with the idea to build a standalone website for this festival. Some serious props. I knew that was you. 231fest.com is so easier to market than the, which is probably the advice that you were giving to people, the backslash 231. 231fest.com. She's yes. really good at her job. Yes. I just want to highlight that. Yeah. She's very good at her job. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you go to 231fest, the hero shot, the above the fold image of the uh, website shows you how spectacular Castle Hill is Gorgeous. and how much room they have for this. Put in perspective the room, the space, and how large you got of, of a plot of land here. Yes. It is just a place you want to be. Right? I mean, it is a place you want to sit and just breathe in the air over there. It is so, we so right, nice. I mean, right around, the, right around the cidery, we have about 40 acres. So, I mean, there's plenty of areas to spread out. But, I mean, you'll probably want to be close to all the action. But if you don't like people or you've got <laughs> enough of people, you can spread out. And there's, there's plenty of room to, you know, there's a few trails. There's a pond. There's, there's lots of things. We're having, well, Orvis is coming out. I, Ooh, I know. Yeah, I Orvis is going to be doing a fly fishing um, class every 15, 20 minutes. So that should be fun as well. Um, yeah, you got yeah, a little so bit of everything. A little bit of everything for everybody. Really? I guess I should highlight some of our some of our Please. sponsors we have. Yes. We have Allied yeah. uh, Concrete. That's your signature sponsor. That's our signature sponsor. Yeah. We also have uh, Bank of America. Mm-hmm. And we have Malloy Ford. And they'll have a couple mm-hmm. of cars out there yep. to, to show us. So, yeah. so another thing to look at while you're out there. Yeah. Uh, we have Sevo. Uh, we have mm-hmm. um, Charlottesville Radio Group. Yeah. Yep. I'm my eyes are, are, okay. are story, events. we have Marigold Storyhouse story Real Estate yeah. love them they are also big supporters of the food bank on the side too so and we have props a, there MS Events is another one mm-hmm. so I mean you know and we also have the I Love Seville show I know that. Jerry thank, thank you. you thank, thank you. you very much thank you Bank of America yes yeah. a contributing sponsor 1061 The Corner a contributing sponsor yeah they will but, be they'll be working the stage I yeah. love it so yeah. it's the 106.1 Corner of the Stage yeah Right, and they're going to be doing a live feed from there. (laughs) Doing a live feed, introducing their bands, keeping us going. I'm going to, yeah, that's going to be fun. Have you guys seen um, Disco Risque? Yeah. They're amazing. They're amazing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's a friend, Ryan's a friend. They've come on the show. They literally have energy for days. These dudes get down. Yes. Yeah. Put Disco Risque in perspective. I don't know. They're just like. it's like fun. It's, like it's like a whirling dervish almost, and so you you just kind of you're like, what just happened? But you feel you feel better about yourself, and you're just like, okay, yeah. Especially after after you've been sampling cider or wine or beer for most of the day. What do you? Right. Which vendor are you most excited to try, Millie? Well, I told you, I'm all about some lobster rolls. Come on, and they're going to be right around the corner from yes. our tent. So loving that. Uh, um, but all of them, they really. 
it, it tremendous food and I mean that's what I love about this whole area right Charlottesville we've got it we've got it going on mm-hmm. between you know all your choice of beverages but amazing food got to give a shout out to our food industry around here you know I mean, I mean really. the best the best part about this year is that we've added a few new um, alcohol vendors I mean yeah you've got 11 of them yeah total. And so I mean the big ones that that I was very excited about we, we added Horton this year we also added um and we early, also added Early Mountain. Early Mountain. So I mean, some award-winning uh, wineries decided, right. said, "Hey, we want to get in on this action as well." So you know, I, I think that's that's where we want to go. I, I think we'd probably tap out at between twenty and twenty-five. Um, I'd like to be a premier uh, food and beverage. Um, I mean, you asked me before. I'd like to be a premier food and beverage uh, destination. Uh, at least for one, and maybe it's two days. I don't know if I'll if my staff will kill me, um, or my my coworkers will kill me for saying that. But you know, maybe a one or two day festival where we highlight all the things, not just on two thirty one, but in the whole region uh, yeah. that we're doing. Because it's, uh, I mean, it's, we're all in this together. It's all a community. Uh, we're all trying to uh, slowly get better, you mm-hmm. know, both personally and in business. So. It's uh yeah so that's where I'd like to go is is slowly add more people uh, maybe we we tap out at as I said twenty five uh, beverage partners and then maybe we have some more tastings and pairings it's just the the sky's the limit and it's only limited by our imagination so that's the fun part right. Well, I personally love the vision. I'm ready to go along that path with you. Perfect. I know. I love the vision as well. Um, Castle Hill, Chestnut Oak, Patch, Mary Mill, Barbersville, Early Mountain, Horton, Keswick, Ducard, I mean, Balltop Brewing, The Barn Vineyard. I mean, they got the best of the best here. This is an interesting question from Grayson, who's watching in North Downtown. For Rob specifically, how do you build the brand of 231 bigger and then what are the stakeholders of 231 doing to take the brand to a different level? That's a great question. Ooh. That is. <laughs> I was not prepared for that one. No, no I, I can answer that one. So uh, we do have a, uh, a 231 marketing group right now um, that's led by Andre uh, Xavier. He's the president of that group. Nice. And so it's all, all the uh, – there's eight of us, I believe, that are the major stakeholders in that. So it's the major players in the beverage uh, seen out there, we started with beverage, we've, and we're slowly rolling it out to more um, food, more of the uh, shops along the way. But it's really just um, you know highlighting all the great things we do out there, and and also showing people that it's a short drive, and you know they, they can stay the day. I, that was really the big knock on two thirty one for so long, was that you could go out there, you could go to like Castle Hill, maybe Keswick, maybe drive out to Barbersville, but after that you were done. Now you, you can you can spend two days and not even hit all the amazing right. that's happening out there. So right. I think that's how we do it. Is just we have to be patient with it. You know, we we all want to be overnight uh, millionaires and overnight successes. And if we are, that's great. I'm not going to say no to that. But I'm just saying we have to be patient with it and uh, incrementally build and not try to get ahead of ourselves in the process. That's a great answer. That's fantastic. Um, 30 minutes flies with friends, guys, especially when we're having delicious cider. Oh, my yes. gosh. Um, why don't we throw this to Millie? Um, the show is yours. You've got the community watching you here. Mm-hmm. Explain why they should participate and, and join us at the 231 Fest one more time. So, again, Blue Ridge Area Food Bank, we are your community food bank. Uh, we depend upon the, the wonderful support, whether that is financial, food, your time. We can always use volunteers or your voice. What I would say, I I end with voice because wherever you are, what you're hearing today, learning about the food bank, 
share what you hear. We are here to serve this community. So if you know anybody that needs this service, if you know anybody that wants to get involved, let them know to just check out the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank at brafb.org. And hopefully we can answer your question there. But get involved. Let people know that we're here for them when they need it. And, uh, and then come out next Saturday to be a part of the 231 Fest. And you can be a part of it in a fun, fun way. 231fest.com. It is awesome. I love these people so much, guys. They figured out a way to create an event that has all the cool stuff that I like to do, and it benefits a nonprofit that served 156,000 plus people in March. I mean, this is literally everything that's awesome about Charlottesville and now more on Central Virginia. Yeah. Like, literally, this is why we love this community and we live here because community partners are working together for a common goal. It's awesome. Rob, anything you want to close with? No, I think we said it all. I mean, come out and see us at 231fest.com. We'd love to have you. We'd love you to spend a day with us and show you kind of the great things that we're doing out there while you feed 50 to 100 people. Yeah, exactly. So Per ticket. Per ticket. Per ticket. Per ticket. Yeah, per ticket. Per ticket. Um, Robin Millie, thank you. Thank thank you you very much. I seriously love this. Seriously, thank you. No, seriously. And cheers Cheers. to you. Happy Friday. Same. Same. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Thank you, Rob. I'm making yeah. sure there's a hundred cheers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Millie are the best. Thank you very much for joining us, J-Dubs. We'll go to the studio and then a one-shot. A couple of other items we got to get out on today's program, but I want to recap. It's 231fest.com. 231fest.com for something that's going to be absolutely memorable. There's a buy tickets button um, right on the homepage. It's super easy and clear. And you're talking about one of the most gorgeous venues in a 300,000-person market we call Central Virginia. Castle Hill embodies those qualities. I live in the Keswick area, and 231 is blown up. I think it is absolutely going to be right there with 151 as a destination corridor for, for tourists and locals alike. So very excited about the 231 Fest. Thanks to Millie and Rob for joining us in today's program. J-Dubs, if you want to go um, to a two-shot with us... I would love to highlight some of the other topics we've been talking about, um, including the newspaper, the Daily Progress, dropping to a three days a week. Citizen Burger Bar in Carytown has announced that they're going to close down. So Citizen Burger Bar, friend of the program, Andy McClure, we helped create that brand and build the logo. He announced today that Citizen Burger Bar Carytown is going to close. He does own that building in Carytown. So we'll talk about that today on the show. We'll talk about Reese Beekman returning for his fourth year at the University of Virginia. Good to see you guys. Yeah, great news, right, Millie? See you, MJ. Great to see you, MJ. Thank you, MJ. Yeah, Thank you, Reese Beekman. Amen. Good to see you, MJ. Bye, Rob. Um, and we'll also talk about uh, this Callan Squire, Amy Law for Brouhaha. J-Dubs, are we on a two-shot? We are now. We're going on a two-shot, my friend. Um, where do you want to begin? You want to go Lawfer and Squire, the Brouhaha, the Battle Royale, the uh, Tussle? Or do you want to go Carytown Citizen Burger Bar closing? Do you want to go, what's the name for newspapers when they stop printing paper? What are we going to call these things? Do you want to call, talk uh, Yunkin, the governor of Virginia, setting troops to the border? If Folks don't think Yunkin's making a push or thinking about presidency. You're not reading the tea leaves correctly. Beekman returning for his fourth year. I mean, so much to cover. Why don't we start, because I know you need a lower third for me, with the HD55 Amy Lawford, Kellen Squire, Battle Royale lower third. If you can put that on screen. 
Um, I don't like this story because of the embarrassing nature and the embarrassing shadow it's casting on Al Morrow, Charlottesville, and a lot of Central Virginia. Um, Bellamy Brown did a post on Facebook. Remember, Bellamy Brown's also running for delegate in a different district. Yeah. He said something along the lines of, I bet you the Albaro County Democratic picnic, which is right around the corner, is going to be quite awkward when Lawfer and Squire are going to be at the picnic at the same time. No doubt. Anywhere you want to go. You've had some time to think about this story. What do you make of it? I mean, I think you covered it pretty well. It's, uh, it, it's embarrassing. You know, it's, uh, you've got one person who's taking things... Maybe not entirely out of context, but I think uh, mis- saying lawfer. misrepresenting. Yeah, and uh, you've got another side that was just uh, you know foolish enough to leave something like that lying around to be used against them. What do you think of Neil's take on Real Talk this morning? Neil said, "Is that what was written?" He yeah. didn't say anything else. Right? Is that what was written? That's yeah. all he would say. <clears throat> right. So. You try to unpack what he's trying to say, and, and Neil's, let's cut to the chase, a better guy than both you and I. Neil Williamson uh, is one of the smartest guys we get coming into this office. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, he, he and took always, the high road. And he's always a joy to, to have here. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's, He took the high road, but he made the clear point. Squire put, those, put that message out there. Yeah. And yeah. now he's trying to backtrack from it. Right. She's not, uh, it's, she's not lying about what he said. She's just, you know... Manipulating the context. Yeah, it's... Uh, what do we call that? Uh, creative... Uh, what do you call that? <laughs> I don't know. It's I mean, like, besides mudslinging, what do you call that? Is, is it lying? Creative untruth. Creative untruth? Is that a new term you just said? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, it's like, she's not really lying, but she's... You know, creatively not telling the truth. Do you see anyone potentially entering this race on the other side of the aisle, an independent or Republican, if you want to change the lower third, saying, oh my goodness, Lawfer and Squire are brouhaha-ing, they're squabbling, they're beefing, the community is distracted, let me jump in this mix as an I or as an R? I mean... Part of me says you'd have to you'd have to be really uh, you'd have to have a a real high tolerance for for uh, abuse, but maybe that's not even the case now. I mean, maybe it's just like uh, maybe maybe these two wouldn't even notice you jumping in the ring and you just kind of you know waltz up to the uh, to the finish line and they'd still be squabbling. Back. Who would you who would you name? Who would I ask? Who to? would you predict? Who would you guess? If you had an I or an R jump into this race because the I and the R see how much brouhaha and distraction Squire and Lawfer are causing, right? Who would be the I or the R that you could see jumping in this race? I, I can't even imagine somebody wanting to jump in uh, on from uh, the independent or Republican uh, spectrum. We're, we're not trying to speak out of turn here. We're not trying to speak out of turn here. But the uh, chitter-chatter, the chitter-chatter on the street is one Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, a one-time candidate for the Admiral County Board of Supervisors in the Whitehall District, Steve Harvey, lost to Ann Malik. In 2019, 
The chitter-chatter has Steve Harvey entering this race because of the distraction caused by the two Democratic candidates. Where do you want to go with that? I got some perspective. You don't have to offer perspective. I mean, you don't want I to. wish all this was televised because, come on, we would all be sitting in front of our TV screens with a, a beer and a bowl of popcorn. If what was? This whole rigmarole. How would it be, but how would you consolidate to tell? I, I get your point, I'm, though. I'm not You're saying, saying that, it's, it's, it's entertaining. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're if, talking about and it. If, uh, you find it entertaining, don't you? Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. And, and, if, uh, and if, we've got, if we've got Harvey jumping in there, uh, that would be even more, more fun. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Harvey, HD 55. Steve Harvey, HD 55. Yeah. Are we reading the tea leaves correctly? I'll say it again. Steve Harvey in the HD 55 race. And let's, if that happens, if that happens, we get this storyline till November as opposed to ending on June 20th in the Democratic primary. Yeah. Follow the tea leaves. Let's see if that plays out that way. Steve Harvey HD 55 race. Um, all right. I want to talk about uh, newspapers. I asked this question to Neil. If newspapers don't print, and the Daily Progress is now printing three days a week, what do we call this? I don't think newspaper is applicable anymore. What is the name of something that doesn't use paper anymore or uses much less as a business model, where in the past we called it newspapers? What is it called now? I mean, uh, I think we're seeing that with a lot of uh, a lot of things technologically, where uh, we're still using old names for something that. Uh, no for example, longer... what? Uh, I'm trying to think of something uh, simple, but uh, I mean, like. Uh, uh, cable TV. Uh, I mean, some of them still use cables, but uh, you know, a lot of it's just uh, a lot of it's just internet now. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure our, cut, our. I'm sure our viewership could come up with a lot more uh, instances of of this type of thing. What do you call a newspaper if it doesn't print? If it doesn't use paper anymore, news and paper. They combine two words to create a new word. Okay, news and paper were two separate words. At one time in this world, they combined the two to make a new brand, and it's called newspaper. What's the, news, what's the new brand of a, of a company that creates news and builds advertising money around it for us to learn about the community we live in? What's the new name of it, what it's going to be called? I don't think newspapers accurate anymore. E-news? E-news? I mean, uh, people love putting E's in front of things and making it a new word, so uh, why not? Okay. I mean, is it, is it a media conglomerate? And here's the follow-up question for you. A media conglomerate would be a pretty specific creature. How? What do you mean? I mean, just like news and paper is news that's printed on a paper, uh, media conglomerate is what? Uh, it's got to be a group of different companies that, that, all, uh, that are all in the media sector. John says a newspaper that doesn't print any longer is a news distributor. News distributor works. Right? 
depends how it depends if they're actually distributing something. But yeah, well, I mean, if they're they can still distribute <laughs> yeah. it online and still distribute. Right. Like we're distributing content here. Yeah. Even though that content's not getting delivered on a doorstep at someone's house, mm-hmm. the distribution of content is no longer eight-year-olds on bikes slinging papers and bags to front porches. The distribution on content now that's is shame. is anyone publishing social media that's read on phones. Did you, did you, did you agree with Neil's take on Re- Real Talk that the lawfer, um, squire, brouhaha is strictly a silo on Twitter? Strictly a silo on... Explain silo on he, Twitter. He basically said on, on Real Talk that... It's, you're, that's the only place that it's really... Anyone's watching... Gaining that. momentum. <laughs> that was the only thing he said today, and I love him, but, but that was the only thing he said today that I disagreed with. I think this has very much superseded just Twitter and is now undoubtedly in the everyday... It is now in the vernacular of many in HD55. He may have he may have meant that because uh, she sent the mailer, so a lot of us got it. I got it. Oh yeah, well people definitely. Know Are you an HD fifty five? I'm not sure. Okay, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, he may have he may have meant that um, that while people may be aware of it outside of Twitter, Twitter is the only place where it's actively uh, you know continuing its little uh, torrid tale. Um, that's hilarious, Judy. Judy's watching the program right now, and she said, how funny, as you talk about the Daily Progress, there's an ad that they're running um, against the I Love Seville page. They're utilizing the I Love Seville following to target our audience. It's a sponsored ad, and the ad is the new Daily Progress app delivers news experience that's all yours. You know how, because we're in this business, you know how you can select a demographic to to get your ad that we create for our clients on social media? They're obviously running it against the following that is I Love Seville, which I have no problem with. I respect that. Um, anyway, long story short, and Bob Yarborough, I, I, Bob Yarborough is watching the program. He's a newspaper man. I think John's description, Blair, from earlier in the week is what's going to happen eventually, that the Times-Dispatch will just be the paper of record for the Commonwealth in Charlottesville and Culpeper and Waynesboro and Leesburg and Bristol and Danville, there'll be bureaus of the Times-Dispatch because Lee Enterprises has economies of scale in the Commonwealth. And as their bottom line continues to hemorrhage, let's cut to the chase, they're losing subscribers and they're losing advertisers. So their bottom line is hemorrhaging significantly. They're going to have to shed weight from this bottom line. And as they shed weight, it's going to be closing papers altogether and then saying, we're going to take the best reporters and the best ad people from these newspapers, and they'll be our little bureau for each uh, municipality or jurisdiction, and they'll funnel content to the RTD. And then on the website, we may have a Charlottesville, Bristol, Danville section, whatever it may be, where additional content that doesn't make the print product is archived there. I mean, with uh, is, is the Internet bringing about the downfall of all local news? Uh, I mean, yeah. The internet commoditized news. Um, Deep Throat, I'll get to your comments here in a matter of moments. He says, I guess you would call it a news site. Um, Deep Throat says, and he's got some comments on lawfare and campaigning, which I'll get to in a moment. Yeah, the internet, the internet commoditized news. The biggest, here's the big, this is how newspapers screwed up the most. You want to hear why? The news, I used to work in newspapers, you know. 
Yeah, this is first job at a UVA was a newspaper. I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily. Think I, they screwed anything up. I, I, oh, they screwed I, something up. I can tell you exactly what created and started the demise of newspapers. When the internet first became ubiquitous, newspapers and business models in that space did not know how to utilize the internet to complement their print product. Mm -hmm. So when the internet became ubiquitous, those media outlets put the news on the internet for free. They put the news on their respective websites for free. So I want to ask you a serious question. If you're in a board meeting and you're the CEO of Media General or you're the CEO of Lee Enterprises or you're the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway's media arm, whatever Warren Buffett calls it, I think it's like BH Media, and you're at a boardroom table like this one here and you are 15, 20 years ago and the conversation is how do we use the internet to complement or supplement our print product? Whoever was sitting at that boardroom table and said, you know what, let's just take the news that's in the newspaper that we charge people for and let's put it on our website and make it free, those people were the ones that killed news. If they had come out of the gates from day one and charged for their news, charged for their content and charged for their coverage from day one with a paywall, just like they paywalled the paper, the tangible paper that we read where we get ink on our fingers, that has a paywall. You know what the paywall is? The 50 cents or the dollar you put in the machine to open the door to get the paper out. Mm -hmm. Or the paywall is the fee you pay the newspaper to have it delivered to your house. That's called a paywall. But 20-some years ago, or wherever this decision was made, some C-suite executive did not understand the significance of the internet and said, instead of paywalling the news, we're going to give it to people for free on the website. And they trained us. They trained us for years to expect the news for free on the internet. And when they trained us for years to expect the news for free on the internet, when they said, Jesus, we made a huge mistake, then we need to start charging for it, you couldn't it was walk too it little too late. I they agree, couldn't walk it back. I agree that may have expedited things, but I don't know that ultimately that was, uh, I don't know that. That's the demise. I know it's the, I mean, you, you study any media, you do any media studies today at the University of Virginia, media studies has a, a degree and a curriculum track at UVA. Okay, and but eventually it was Media going to studies, be they highlight the demise of newspapers and they literally pinpoint it to commoditizing in the news by offering it for free online for charging for it in print. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please. I still think that, uh, I still think eventually we would have ended up at this point where uh, we're news agencies were having to tighten up and figure out how to make money. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a time and place where even if you weren't going to uh, the dailyprogress.com or whatever their, uh, their, their uh, URL is, you would still be getting information about all over the world. And at some point, you know, people would start looking at their, you know, their bottom line and saying, do I really want to, uh, do I really want to pay for this printed newspaper? Did you? And I think enough people would be jumping ship that we would be in this situation no matter what. That's just my take. No, it's a great take. I got no beef with your take. I think eventually they would have to figure it out. But like you said, how do you walk back something that you gave free for years? Yeah. And, 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 I, and I hate to say this. This is another thing that I hate to say. And this is more of an indication or reflection of society today. 
how passionate are high school and college age and right out of college folks about local news? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it definitely takes a special breed, and we've seen some of them come through here. Uh, How passionate are they really, or are they not? Yeah. I mean, is it just more about whatever you see in your news, your, your social media feed now? I mean, I hear constantly from people watching and listening to this show that we're their source of news that day. And that is a heavy responsibility that we try not to take lightly, But we try to emphasize on this program, we don't want to be the source of the news. Mm -hmm. We want to be the folks that analyze the news and offer opinion on the news. Yeah. This show is stronger when the news cycle in Central Virginia is reinforced, preserved, and and has a long-term vision. Yeah. And right now it doesn't. No doubt. And it sucks. And to put it in perspective... Paul Spencer did a great article about Wendell Wood and the agreement and principle for the Rivanna Station land. Almore County Board of Supervisors did. But that article came out in the Daily Progress like six days after the news actually broke. Yeah. So you and I had been talking about this for days before it showed up in the paper of record. Yeah. Another example is Michael Payne. He did a six or seven tweet thread within the last 24 hours on economic development in Charlottesville City. And if you read Michael Payne's thread, and I I, I should emphasize this, Michael Payne's brilliant, Michael Payne's smart, I respect Michael Payne, he's come on this program, got nothing but love for Michael Payne. His ideology is completely different than my ideology. Michael and I are absolutely polar opposites when it comes to our political ideology. And when you see what Michael Payne tweeted within the last 24 hours about economic development in Charlottesville City, you will legitimately see you have a guy who's running for a second term on council that is a socialist. His content that he put in the last 24 hours on Twitter about the economy, about business, and development in Charlottesville, Virginia, is a take based on socialistic fundamentals. I have no problem with that. I disagree with it. He's entitled to his opinion. But in most circumstances, what he's putting on social media, on the record, would be a story today or at least tomorrow. And he's running for counsel. He's running for re-election. But I'll bet you it doesn't get in anywhere. John says, Blair, since last Saturday, we have received two law firm mailers, one Squire mailer, one Deeds mailer, and one Hudson mailer. Five mailers in a one-week period. That's a boatload of mailers. That is a boatload of mailers. Politics season is good for the United States Postal Office. Um, Not to mention the paper mills. And not to mention the paper mills. Juan Sarmiento says, internews. Bob Yarborough, the deadline for the Independent um, is coming up. I would imagine Steve's, Steve is, if, if the tea leaves I'm reading and hearing are correct, I would imagine Steve would run as an Independent. He, I think he'd be crazy not to. Now, he did run as a Republican against Ann Malik in 2019, as opposed to an Independent. If you've noticed one thing, from 2019 to 2023... The candidates that otherwise would lean conservative are now calling themselves independents. Yeah. 
You got the guy from Freebridge Auto, TJ, independent. You got Brad and Crozet running against Malik, independent. I undoubtedly characterize myself as independent. Elliot Harding is another one that leads conservative. You would call him as an independent as well. Yeah, you got to know your audience. Did I say Juan suggested the Internews brand for newspapers? It's now Internews? Hmm. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Um, all right, next topic. Why don't we do... Um, oh, we got a fan watching the program. We're actually live on air right now. Thank you. Next time. That's all right. We just, are you just going to lock the door? Okay. That's one of the tough parts about being in downtown Charlottesville with a brand on your storefront that says I Heart Seville. A lot of folks think it's the... Uh, which we don't mind. I don't mind. Um, Citizen Burger Bar, Carytown closed. It's too bad. I'll read, can I read you the goodbye posts? And then I'll get to comments here. Um, so let me give you a little background on Citizen Burger Bar, Carytown. Citizen Burger Bar, Carytown is owned by Andy McClure. Mm-hmm. Andy McClure is a friend of the program. Andy McClure was the second client I ever had when I launched my business 15 years ago on May 31st. You know what the first client was? Whimsies and Jesse Lynn. Whimsies, the children's store. We yep. built their brand on their website. Second client was Andy McClure. Andy McClure, I'm chatting with him at West Main Restaurant in a booth. West Main is now Tavern and Grocery. Yep. West Main used to be called uh, All Four Arthur's. It's, I've, got their, I've got their old, uh, their old chalkboard. Awful Arthur's? How'd you get that? Had a, I think I had a roommate that worked there for a while, and somehow he got the chalkboard when they closed. And, he left uh, it at your place when he moved? Yeah. And you got it? And I took it. I got head-butted outside Awful Arthur's when I was in college uh, by a crazy, wasted... Was it something you said? Local, probably. It's undoubtedly probably something I said. And then he headbutted me as a response to something I said. And then my buddy Shane was there. Shane cold cocked him after he headbutted him, literally in the chin. And this guy fell down like a sack of potatoes. Like hit him once in the chin with a clean as a right hook as I ever seen. This is in the back parking lot of Awful Arthur's at closing. It's me and Shane and two ladies. This crazy wackadoo is coming, walking through the parking lot at Awful Arthur's. And I'm sure at closing time or last call, I probably was running my mouth, especially at that time of my life. And this guy proceeds to, I still have a scar here, proceeds to headbutt me in the forehead. I'm literally bleeding all over my face. Shane responds to this headbutt by right hook cold cocking this guy in the chin, drops like a sack of potatoes, literally. But I, I digress. I'm sitting in a booth at West Main. It went awful Arthur's to West Main. Sitting across from Andy and Julie 15 years ago. Explained to him that we can tell, you know, revitalize or improve branding, social media, website. I said, all right, I'll take a chance with you. He was impressed. He said, after a little bit of time of working with him and after we built the Biltmore websites and the West Main website, and he owned three at the time, which was Jabberwocky 3, the Greenskeeper. I don't know what's in there now on the corner. I think it might be some kind of like... Uh, 
rescue or safe place. I don't know, whatever's at Jabberwocky or three right now. Anyway, he owned four restaurants. He had the Biltmore, he had the Virginian, he had West Main, and he had three. And he needed us to build four websites for those restaurants. I don't think he had them 15 years ago. That's a big deal. A four website project for a business that just started out, second client, so we did it. Mm-hmm. And he was pleased. And then he said, Jerry, I'd like to do a burger bar in the downtown mall. And that's about the time where you started working for the business, right? Or was that before you started working for the business? I think that might have been a little before because I remember working on that logo uh, at home on the computer. Okay, so that was before you started working. So we started brainstorming some names. The, con- the, the settle was Citizen. The lady I was seeing at the time who was an artist, sketched a logo on a napkin. I showed that sketch on a napkin to um, Andy. He liked it. and went from a napkin sketch then to you and I brainstorming the brand identity. Mm-hmm. The idea was to have the logo resemble a brand stamp like yeah. you would see on a cow or a bull, which I think it does. And also, you would see the CB stamped into the bun, right. which I thought was awesome. Oh, yeah. So cool, right? Mm-hmm. And he has this concept of doing an elevated burger restaurant on the downtown mall. And one of the things about Andy McClure is this guy's a visionary, a big-time visionary. Yeah. Had immediate success with Citizen. Then, a mode, then opened Citizen Northern Virginia and Citizen Richmond mm-hmm. soon thereafter. Yeah. Northern Virginia Citizen was closed a handful of years ago. The Carytown Citizen, they announced the closing today. Andy owns that building. I think he bought it for roughly $1.5 million. Hmm. It's sad to see the restaurant close, but this is the nature of restaurants. A lot of the restaurateurs that, that own and operate these businesses, they say, this doesn't make us sad. This is the nature of restaurants. We run them, we close them, and we do something else. Because the trends, culinary, they change just like the trends, attire, trends, investing, things to do. Yeah. So today's news, the Carytown Citizen is closing. Annie McClure, Julie, and your team have done an incredible job running that brand. The Charlottesville location, everything I've heard stays open, will stay open, and everything I can tell, that place is effing crushing it. Absolutely Great. crushing it. Um, two other items out of the notebook before we close the show. Reese Beekman is returning for his fourth year. That's big time for the Wahoos. UVA went from getting bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament to the entire fan base questioning Tony Bennett, Bennett to national media outlets saying Tony Bennett's style will not work in college basketball today to national media outlets saying Tony Bennett is redshirting people and that's costing the team to national media outlets saying folks of offensive talent don't want to play for UVA. And today, this is what we got. We got big-time transfers from other colleges. We got one of the best point guards returning in the Atlantic Coast Conference, if not of all of college basketball. And we got a team that was left out to dry six, three months ago, two months ago, that now is the favorite to win the ACC yet again. Here's what you learn from this. In Tony, you trust. Do not doubt Tony Bennett. That man has earned our trust. In Tony, we trust. And then one other item I want to get out of the notebook, Glenn Youngkin is sending 100 National Guard troops to Texas. 
If you don't think Glenn Youngkin is thinking about the White House, I don't think you're reading the tea leaves correctly. Do I think Glenn Youngkin is the guy in the White House? No, I do not. Do I think Glenn Youngkin could be a vice president? Yes, I do. But sending troops from Virginia and the National Guard to Texas is as much about Youngkin as it is about protecting the border. And I'll leave it at that. All right, I'm going to get to comments, and then we'll close today's program. Deep Throat on Twitter. He says, Amy Lawford makes you ask, why are these politicians so dumb? But she is not dumb. It is that she believes her constituents are dumb. Campaigning to people whose intellect you hold in low regard makes your campaign stupid. That right there is brilliant. Deep Throat, I should have said it like that. No doubt. Deep Throat, I should have said it like that. She says, Amy Lawford and the strategies that Lawford is doing makes you ask, why are politicians so dumb? But we know Amy Lawford is not dumb, he says. Then Deep Throat says, Amy Lawford and her team believe her constituents are dumb. And campaigning to people whose intellect you hold in low regard makes your campaign stupid. There it is. Brilliant. That's what it is. That was brilliant. Um... All right, that's the race. Steve Harvey, HD55. Steve Harvey, HD55. Bob Yarborough, UVA baseball is crushing Army in the regional baseball tournament right now. That's the Friday edition of the I Love Seville show on a short week. We are back with a vengeance. With a vengeance on Monday at 1230. For J-Dubs, I'm Jerry Miller. It's the I Love Seville Show. So long.